0: This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. You know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. ( tranquilpering) Pierce. Very easy. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my MC's. Are you kidding me? What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 168, episode 168 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had the best Monday night of your life, I guarantee you it wasn't as good as Al Horford's. But anyways, you can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night media team with some great podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz. I'm the promoter, he's the DJ, Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, Burnt Toast, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, Rambling with the Purpose, and so many more great podcasts. If you're into sports cards, don't forget to check out Big Night Breaks every single weeknight and sometimes even on Saturday. Saturday nights as well on, uh, what, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatnot, you name it, it's there. And if you want to go down in person, go check out the card vault down at Patriot Place. Always a good time. And you can check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday if you want free tickets to any upcoming shows at Big Night Live. Just have to follow Big Night Media on Instagram, and you can always get your Banner Branch podcast merchandise at bignightshop.com. (laughs) oh baby baby oh baby baby wow what a win what a win 10 more wins 10 more wins but anyways celtics win game four 116 to 108 to even up the series with the milwaukee bucks best of seven three games left one team has to win two games the celtics have a Technically, two home games left in this series. The Bucks only have one. If it goes that far, who knows? Game five, Wednesday night, May 11th, 2022, at 7 p.m. at TD Garden. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Absolutely crazy. I mean, they did it tonight without Rob Williams. He had a little flare up in his knee. It was bound to happen. They were probably a little concerned about the swelling. That's fine. Number 12 started in his place, but... Rob Williams will be expected to be back and available playing in game five, according to Ime Odoka. Um, I don't even know where to start. I'm I, I, Part of me wants to kind of do like a little bit of a different vibe, break it down by like quarters or just like just say what's on my mind. I don't know if I want to say what's on my mind, but wow, 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 wow. What a win. I mean, that is just why everyone loves this team this year. They didn't give up. It was so ugly, and then it got uglier, and then it got kind of nice looking, and then it got pretty, and then it ended beautifully. Oh, what a win. What a win. Those Al Al Horford and those beautiful, beautiful eyes. What a win win all right let's just recap it quarter by quarter let's let's kind of switch it up so if you if you think about the first quarter you say to yourself oh my God I'm watching game three all over again stagnant offense no ball movement defense looked clueless at times zero energy the bucks got what they wanted on both ends including the Celtics shooting once again way too many three pointers I mean tonight they shot 37 three pointers they shot 37% from there. The Bucs, I think, shot 27, but only made like 9 or 10. But anyways, the Celtics shot way too many three-pointers. A lot of them were contested. And just a quick side note, number 12, I don't know what happened to him, but something got into a system where he's now addicted to shot fakes, and I feel like he just keeps shooting. Or not shooting, just shot fakes. I, I, he's he's like addicted to it now, and I have no idea why he's addicted to it but there were so many opportunities for number 12 who hit like one or two three-pointers again number 12 has grown so much with, with, with his three-point shooting he should learn how to take shots when they're when they're there and he just kept taking shot fake tried to do a step back one point his shot got blocked another time he literally tried to throw it across the court jumping in the air while two defenders were around him it was a turnover bucks went down on the other end and scored it was very annoying but for someone to fill in for rob williams number 12 did not do a great job only played 27 minutes a team worst minus 17 Ugh, just oh uh, the Celtics were just very, very lucky to only be down seven points to end that third quarter. I mean, I'm sorry, that first quarter. They were very, very lucky. And then you you look at it and you're like, okay, at this point, the Celtics have scored under 20 points three times out of the last five quarters. But then, of course, in the fourth quarter, they score 43 because, you know, why not? But just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the Celtics in the second quarter, uh, what was it? They started off on a 23-12 to run thanks to what they should be doing and what I've talked about and what I'm sure has talked about. And basically every single basketball junkie has talked about driving kicks, driving kicks, driving kicks. That's all that they did. And they found open looks. They found some open jumpers. They got some layups. They got some open three pointers. And it, it was all because of Al Horford, our Lord and savior, Al Horford hitting shots, making the right plays. Oh, he was unbelievable. This guy is 35 plus years old. He drops a career playoff high 30 points, 8 boards, 3 assists, went five of seven from three, was a team high plus 20. When Giannis dunked on him and taunted him and got the technical foul, the Celtics outscored the Bucks 68 to 54. And then Al dunked on him, got the technical, and who cares? You know what? That's actually a good call because Giannis got called earlier for taunting, so you can actually say that they were consistent with that. But I've never seen Al act like that before, ever, after a play. It was was wild. I mean, Celtics also got a lot of their points off of turnovers in that quarter, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but like... Wow, just absolutely unbelievable. And they limited those points off turnovers for the Bucs because there were a couple turnovers tonight by the Celtics that were just, oh, just the thought of it is going to kill my mood. But anyways, the Celtics just got so many points off turnovers in that, in that second quarter, thankfully. But the thing that was still concerning is, like, Tatum, like, he still won't attack Giannis. I mean, he did a great job being physical to get rebounds, which was something that wasn't seen in game three because that just wasn't Jason Tatum. You cannot tell me that that was Jason Tatum that played in that game. I will ignore whatever you say, but they actually won some non Giannis minutes in that first half, finally. And what do you know? Jason Tatum attacked the rim against Brooke Lopez and got fouled. Banner 18, right? You you know, so I I forget how many points the Celtics were down. I think they were what, down? Mm, Hmm... They were down one, right? Yeah, yeah. They were down one at halftime. Sorry, quick brain fart there, but yeah, they were down one at halftime. And then, unfortunately, Jalen Brown came out and picked up his third and fourth fouls, and because he's just been so bad defensively against Giannis. Like, Jalen is a v- very good defender, in my opinion, but for whatever reason, he he just does not know how to defend, defend Giannis. And to be fair to him, to be fair. He doesn't really like. Not a lot of players in the NBA know how to defend Giannis because it it's it, he's one of the top five best players in the league. It, it's very hard to defend him. But like, in 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 the words of Gordon Bombay, "Let him make the first move, Conway." You know, from Mighty Ducks. I feel like Jalen kind of makes the first move and Giannis is like, oh, you're going to give me that? Well, then I'm just going to do this. And, And that's what it is. And that's what Giannis really did in that entire third quarter. I think he halfway through the third quarter, he had 17 points. I mean, it didn't help that the Bucks were in the bonus with eight and a half minutes to go, and Tatum tried to take over and just couldn't. So that really wasn't ideal, especially with Jalen in foul trouble. But the Celtics had zero answers for Giannis in that third quarter. None. Whether Rob Williams was in, number 12 was in, Al was in, Marcus was in, you name it, just wasn't the case. And it almost looked like the offense from December 2011, I mean 2011, ha <laughs> ha uh, December 2021 came back. I mean, once Jalen got his fifth foul on that tough, offensive call that was offensive foul call that was overturned which was really not ideal kind of bullshit to be honest with you i mean that that was just really tough and you 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 could see that jalen was like very 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 frustrated by that you know and that happens i you know if is that an offensive foul at td garden uh i don't think so but but again who knows Who the hell knows? But Derek White came in for Jalen Brown, and things kind of turned around a little bit. I mean, he's been great the last two games. He really has. I forget how many points he had tonight. I think he probably had at least a dozen. He definitely double figures, if not pretty damn close. I don't think he really... I think he hit like one or two threes, but I don't think it was anything that kind of made you go crazy. But yeah, 10, 11, maybe 12 points for Derek White. Sorry that it's not specific for you. But what I do know is tonight... When he was the primary defender, he held Bucks players to 0 of 12 shooting. Now, I know a lot of people are upset with DW9 and his shooting. Why can't he make more shots? But, like, Brad Stevens traded for him for that specific stat that I just said. When he was the primary defender on Bucs players tonight, they shot 0 of 12 from the field. That is very, very impressive. So, you think about the Celtics were, what, maybe down 12? Um, with three or four minutes to go in that third quarter, and they fought back, and they, they were down seven. And I even tweeted out at Banter, Banter18 on Twitter that, hey, we were down 13 at the end of game three in the third quarter, and now we're only down seven. That's got to be a good thing, right? And then what do you know? The Celtics start the fourth quarter on an 11-1 run, and then it was just the Al Horford and Jason Tatum show. Both took over. Al Horford hit some shots, and Jason Tatum finally acted like Jason Tatum. He finally was like, wait, George Hill is out here. You're gonna you're you're gonna put George Hill on me in 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 the fourth quarter. No thanks. And it also helped out the Celtics as well because Grayson Allen was out there and Marcus Smart played some bully ball on him and just put his body into Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen doesn't want to play physical and hey, Grayson Allen won me and Duke a, a national championship. As a Duke fan, I shouldn't say me and Duke, but as a Duke fan, Grayson Allen won a national championship. So I'll always have a little soft, soft place in my heart. But you're gonna play bully ball with Grayson Allen. Marcus Smart's gonna win that every single time and he made a couple tough baskets and I loved it. But like the defense didn't allow anything easy in that fourth quarter. Everything was contested. You know, they the Bucks did make a couple a couple threes like Wesley Matthews made some, and like that's that, that's one thing we got to talk about real quick Wesley Matthews can can calm down like since when does he start playing like defensive player in the year like in that first quarter or maybe even in the first half I think he forced three offensive fouls on the Celtics one on Grant Williams after uh number 12 oh I said Grant's name damn it um after number 12 kind of ran into him after a screen, he got Jalen Brown on an offensive foul too, so that was like pretty frustrating. But oh, yeah, just the thought of Wesley Matthews playing well just is is so annoying. But <clears throat> but there was a play where um late in that fourth in that fourth quarter, Jalen Brown, I know he had fifth fouls, or had five fouls, and obviously you follow out when you get six. Jalen saw Giannis get the ball on the wing at the three point line and literally turned around and ran away. And and I like it's not like he backpedaled, he literally turned his body around and sprinted to try and do a switch with Marcus. And I understand why Jalen did it, but like that was one of the dumbest things I think I've ever seen in my life. And luckily for Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart stepped in and they called Giannis for an offensive foul late in the game, at home. Jalen Brown's very, very lucky there because that I, I I, I, didn't even care what Giannis was going to do. I was like, what the hell is Jalen doing? But they didn't let the Bucks get back into it. The Bucks would hit a shot. They'd come down and they'd make some shots. Jalen, uh, I'm sorry, Jason hit that ridiculous belly flop circus shot. I mean, the the Celtics rebounded the ball so much better in the fourth quarter than they did in the first three quarters. And you know, Jason Tatum finished with 30, which makes him and Al Horford the first pair of teammates to drop 30 points each in a playoff game since Ray Allen and Paul Paul Pierce did it back in 2011 against the Knicks. Pretty crazy. But one of the things that I mentioned on my little blackout rant on episode 167 was I said Jason Tatum needs to rebound the ball better. Jason Tatum can't cuz I think he only got 3 or 4 rebounds and what do you know? This dude ends up with what? 13 rebounds in this game. He, he was huge defensively uh on not defensively. I mean, he was pretty good defensively, but he was huge on the boards and that's going to go unnoticed. And yes, I understand he scored what eight, nine, maybe even ten straight points for the Celtics in that fourth quarter. But his rebounding, whether it was his physicality against Bobby Portis to get some tips, to make sure he couldn't get an offensive rebound and go back up with a quick, grab the ball, take it down, it was huge. It was huge. But like them outscoring the Bucks by 15 points in the fourth quarter after only scoring 18 in the first is absolutely unbelievable. What a, what a win. So to kind of recap what I said on episode 167, I, I, I said, hey, you got to control Giannis. He's going to go for at least 30. He scored 34, but hey, he didn't get 40 plus. So I would say that can, you're controlling him, but they have to continue to do that. Al made him shoot some jumpers. They lived or died by it at times. He went to the free throw line 11 times, but he missed four or five free throws, which wasn't a thing in game three, but he also got 18 rebounds and some of those were offensive rebounds, which was very frustrating. So they the Celtics just got to do a better job boxing out like, and listen, I I hate blaming the refs, but that Peyton Pritchard, when Peyton Pritchard tried to box out Giannis and Giannis fell and they called a rebound, I mean a foul on Peyton, that was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And here's the thing. You you got to be physical with Giannis, but someone's going to lose an eye at some point because the amount of elbows that are being thrown around in this series just, is absolutely bananas. But the other thing that I talked about in episode 167, I told them to pick up the pace They have to pick up the pace. They only scored 11 fast break points in game three. They scored 16 fast break points in this one. So thanks so much. Really appreciate it. I also mentioned that Al Horford needed to have a big game. He had arguably the biggest one of his career. So thanks. They didn't win the rebound battle. So no thanks there. They got 25 assists or more. So thanks there. And finally, I said, don't let the refs get to you and uh yeah nope they they let him for sure and it was annoying i mean some bad call both ways i mean that Jalen call was brutal the peyton pritchard call was brutal obviously but celtics got called for 25 fouls the nets shot i'm the nets (laughs) the bucks shot what six or seven more free throws they did it without rob williams and Jalen brown was in foul trouble halfway through the third quarter and they still won that basketball game absolutely unbelievable absolutely unbelievable so Game 5, Wednesday night, 7, is it 7 or 7.30? I think it's 7, yeah, I think it's a 7 o'clock game. Wednesday night, TD Garden, I'll be in the building, Section 315. Here are the five things that I think the Celtics need to do to get a 3-2 series lead and hope that they can win one more in the final two games. If they can win on Wednesday, of course. The first is limit the Bucks offensive rebounds. They had thirteen in this game and got a lot of second chance points. If you lose the rebound battle, fine. I think tonight they only I think tonight they lost by double digits was which was the first time that they lost by double digits in the rebound battle excuse me, in this entire series. But if you take away the nine offensive rebounds that the Bucks had and you actually get those offensive rebounds yourself, I think they only lose the rebounding battle by one or two. So limit the offensive rebounding. I understand that some are going to happen from time to time, and I understand that the way Giannis shoots the ball, it goes 1,000 miles an hour at the rim, and you're going to have some long rebounds there, and that can be frustrating. But you have to limit their offensive rebounds, and then that will limit their second-chance points, which will be Hughes. The next is, who is going to step up? If Al Horford happens to have one off game because he's due, or who knows, maybe he's going to go on the greatest 35-year-old playoff run of our time who knows but you're you're obviously feeling good about Al Horford but if he is off who is going to step up and to be honest with you if he's on again who's going to step up we have yet to had a game in this series where both Jalen and Jason have played lights out one has played well and got help so for example Jalen Brown in game three played very well Tatum didn't Al Horford helped out tonight Jalen Brown didn't play that great Tatum did Al Horford helped out so if the Jays go lights out and even if Al Horford takes a small step back and continues to do great things on both sides of the ball the bench has to score Peyton Pritchard has to make hoops Derek White has to continue to play as well as he has the last couple of games those type of things are really going to help this team hopefully win game three. Uh, what else? What else did I want to talk about? Oh yeah, points off turnovers. you got to win that battle again. They held the Bucks to 11 points off turnovers. It was 20-plus in Game 1. It's gotten better and better every single game, and the Celtics got 17. That also has to go in to what I said in Episode 167, Oh, picking up the pace. If you get that off, if if you get a turnover, run. I mean, there the perfect example was Smart got a steal, gave it up to Tatum. Tatum at half-court saw Al Horford running into the corner. Late, I think it was to start the fourth quarter, or maybe it was late in the third quarter, Tatum threw it up, Al was in the corner, stuck a three. You can't let the Bucks set up their offense. So if you force turnovers and push the ball, you're going to get easy hoops, if not easy hoops, wide open shots. Turnovers. you got to limit the turnovers. They had some really dumb ones, some, mis- some miscommunications, but limit... The turnovers take care of the basketball only 11 turnovers in this game i think that's a very good thing but i mean if you can get it to nine or ten that's probably even better so limit their offensive rebounds who else is going to step up points off turnovers limit your turnovers and finally attack the rim i will say this in this series until my voice is gone attack the rim whether Giannis is out there if not brooke lopez you attack the rim. You attack, you attack. Look what happened. Al Horford attacked the rim. Marcus Smart attacked the rim. It was very, very impressive. The Celtics scored 48 points in the paint tonight. They I don't think they hit over 30 all series. And what do you know? They won a big game on the road because of it. If Bobby, if Bobby Portis is out there, attack the rim, attack the rim. The Celtics shot 90% from the free throw line tonight. You're a good free throw shooting team. Get to the line. Get them into the bonus early. Get them in foul trouble. Make Mike Booze and Hoser change a couple crazy different things. For the love of God, please do that. I would really and truly appreciate if you went to the line more because you attacked the rim. Get it? Got it? Good? That's it for episode 168 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Episode 169 will be out Thursday morning right after Game 5. Thank you so much for listening as always. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. That's it. We'll talk to you Thursday. We'll see you at TD Garden on Wednesday night. Yeah, and I think that's it. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans. Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.